Broski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Ek to Fly, Eric Trembicki, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepiguina, international YouTube superstar, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, the European champion, hailing from Bangor, Maine, where some people listen to the show, finally. <laughs> we call him Alo, the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Welcome to the show. Uh, before we jump into it real quick little business to attend to. Listen to Falls Count Anywhere with Russ and Matt. The Perfect Edge with Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. Throwback Madness. We still have all our Road to WrestleMania episodes up. Unsanctioned. Subscribe on iTunes. Five-star ratings and reviews. On YouTube, check out Elroy Prepson. And Alo, would you like to move any merch? Yeah, so if you want to embrace the match, you do so at whatamaneuver.net. You can also head over to kylenebo.com. He's promo code MADNESS for 10% off your order. All right, thank you for doing that. Only working promo code in the business. And also, coming up later in the show, we will have our interview with Flip Gordon. Looking very much forward to that, so stay around to hear it. Uh, Superstar shakeup this week, the the much-anticipated. I feel like it was a letdown last year. What do you guys think of the superstar shakeup this year? Any better than last year? Um, I guess I don't really remember my feelings from last year when it <laughs> happened, but um, none of us were happy. I, I guess that's just because there's a lot of wrestling in between then and now. Um, I enjoyed it. I know Raw. I found very enjoyable. There's a lot of stuff that is going on with the shakeup that left me scratching my head. Like, what are what are they going to do next? What are they going to do with this? And a lot of stuff that I think is going to be. A predictable fallout, at least for the next three to four weeks, which is kind of always annoying. But I enjoyed the weekly, the weekly programming, which yeah, is rare. I, both nights, I definitely enjoyed both shows more than I usually do, than I have in a while, probably. Um, I don't. The shakeup itself was nothing special. It was just people popping up on different shows. It was same simplistic stuff as before. But prep. Who is the biggest? person involved in the superstar shakeup. What was the biggest shakeup? So, before I answer that, like with this shakeup, the highs for me were like really high and the lows were really low. Like I've never audibly groaned so much. As we were on the phone <laughs> during the segment that we'll talk about and when somebody came out, we were like, Ugh. I was like, "All right, I'm going to sleep." <laughs> See ya. But I mean, for me, this is I guess Samoa Joe going to SmackDown was my biggest takeaway. Just because I I was happy that he was on both shows yeah. <laughs> like in one week. So. You got to see him back to back. He's been gone for a while. Exactly. But I guess for for somebody shaking things up, to be honest, probably Drew McIntyre. I think he's gonna be one of the standouts, even though he's well, aligned well, with Dolph Ziggler. We'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> well, Alo, what did you think of the shake up? Well, I like everything that happened on both shows. Both shows, I think, both shows are even, like evenly. The rosters are both even now. Because you know, last year we was like, hey, hey. and a lot of things made no sense last year. Because 
Bray Wyatt's supposed to challenge Randy Orton for the title at the <laughs> House of Horrors match, and then he ends up going to Raw. It's not for the title, and all this other stuff happens, and Jericho's still challenging for the U.S. title. But that that's still kind of happening because Sheamus and Cesaro they're on SmackDown, but as of now they're still facing him for the, facing the Hart, Matt Hardy and Bray for the Raw tag titles. But all that'll get figured out within time in a, by um, next month, next Friday or whatever. But I, I enjoyed it. I, I said I think everything is even. Everything's an even level playing field on both shows. They fixed a lot of problems that SmackDown had. Like the Miz going back to SmackDown, I did not have a problem with because he has actually something new to do, and that's actually feud with Daniel Bryan in the ring. I didn't have a pro- I, didn't, I didn't I didn't have a problem with that at all. Owens and Zayn, I didn't have a problem with them going back to Raw because that's something different than what they were doing with Kevin Owens. The same thing they were doing last time when they went Raw. So I didn't have any problems with that at all. I hate. I don't want the riot squad on Raw because it's going to be the same thing that was, that was happening on SmackDown. Yeah, they just flipped. Yeah, they just swapped teams. <laughs> like, okay, we'll let them each do the same thing they're already doing. Yeah, just so, a different yeah so I'm not really looking forward to that. Um, so the Bobby Roode thing, that's, that's like, eh, what, that, that's whatever. But I, I, I was shocked Braun didn't switch brands because uh, after he relinquished the tag title with Nicholas, I was like, okay, maybe he's going to go to SmackDown because, like, what's he going to do now? But... I liked everything that happened. Then we got um we got Sandy coming without Nikki Cross to SmackDown. We got Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega going to SmackDown, which I'm really looking forward to. Because SmackDown, both shows, they have way more intriguing matchups. And it'll be better television than, than it should be better television than what it was last year. Because last year we had the same dragged out storylines throughout the entire year, but now there's there was so much change in call ups that there there could be like more to do for your weekly television shows. Yeah, so I, I didn't I didn't ask you this. What what did you think was the biggest move in the shakeup? What one did you are you most excited for? Uh, jeez, uh, there's I guess a lot going on. I think what comes to my mind right away with that question, I think what's the biggest thing to that gave you at least excitement for two nights. Uh, Prep talks about you know getting to see Joe on Monday and Tuesday this past week. I think the biggest takeaway. And someone who was a big star all week would have been Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy came out and uh, answered the open challenge for the U.S. title. He claimed the U.S. title, his first time winning the title. He shows up, first match on SmackDown, and he competes in the ring two nights back back and forth. Similar to the issues with like the Raw Tag Titles and a few other championships, Intercontinental Championship. So it, he's going to be defending it against... Jinder Mahal, a Raw superstar at the Saudi Arabia show, and then Randy Orton, still number one contender at Come Backlash. So you got to assume Jeff's going to retain and take it. So, like I said, annoying because there's the uh, predictability right there. But I still think he came out as a strong-looking star. He's got a lot of stuff in his personal life going on right now. But typically when stuff like that happens, people get penalized. They surely didn't penalize it. He went out there, put on... Two decent television matches, won a championship, goes out there after winning the title, and, you know, got another win. Yeah, is this the most promising things have looked for both Hardys at the same time since they since the returned at Mania? Yeah, yeah. without mm-hmm. a doubt. Because I'm actually excited about what both of them are doing. You're, I mean, I'm glad you said that because Jeff did look like he mattered so much mm-hmm. on the two nights. And I'll tell you what, I mean, he also made that U.S. title look like it mattered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I quickly, and I don't know if he's gonna hold it for a while. And I don't know if he's holding it till somebody else just wins it from him. But I was excited they did that. So I'm just gonna kind of run down a couple of the things that I was most excited about, and we can kind of discuss them. Then we'll kind of go off on some of the other stuff. But 
I really loved Miz introducing Sammy <laughs> and Kevin Owens on Raw. They have the big group hug. Miz is going into his whole shtick about how we're about to to make Raw into our own image. We're going to run this place. And then immediately Kurt Angle says, like, oh, well, you're going to SmackDown. Because Daniel Bryan, and I love that the reason he's going is because Daniel Bryan wants him there. Like, we've all been saying this. When the SmackDown, the Talking Smack thing happened, and we were all kind of like, this was great because it just builds Miz up so much because Daniel can't even do anything about it. Then when we found out Daniel was coming back, we all couldn't wait to see what was going to happen with these two. And the fact that they're telling the story, not only that they're going to have a feud, but that Daniel Bryan is saying, like, no, I want him to switch brands so I can face him now. I love that they did that. The disappointment on his face, that he can't go with the Miztourage. <laughs> the only thing that was missing from his face was a Vince McMahon gulp. <laughs> yeah. I do love the, the exaggerated gulp, the full body yeah. gulp that Vince McMahon did. Um, so I, I love, feel like he's done that too at times. Oh yeah. yeah, he has. But I'm just saying that would have been perfect at that point. Yeah, like I thought every bit of that was because his promo was great on Miz TV. <laughs> the whole thing and Sammy and Kevin acting like they care about him and him acting like I'm in it with these two guys now. So good. I thought it was excellent. Um, and that he end- ultimately gets sent off of Raw getting destroyed by Braun Strowman, which <laughs> for a little while I think was his rumored WrestleMania match for the IC title. So it was fun to see him get ran off. He gets sold out by the Miztourage and then run off by Braun. All four members of the Miztourage. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then on Tuesday night, I thought he cut another great promo on the, I guess it was a selfie promo, which I'm not a big fan of. How good was Maurice? Awesome. <laughs> Mike. Literally. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that they brought Monroe into it, who cried when he lost his Intercontinental Championship. Her debut. So, yeah. so time out. Is All she right. the youngest debut on <laughs> SmackDown? I think so. All right, well, I'm glad you guys are bringing this up because I don't have the greatest vision in the world. And I actually wasn't drinking when I watched this, but there's not, there wasn't a light on in the living room. Yeah, I know you don't see well in the dark. <laughs> so, so, so Angie's downstairs watching it with me. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, they got her daughter there. Was, oh, that's, that's not their daughter. That's that's a doll. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, hold on. I rewind. I was like, no. I was like, the baby blinks. She's like, no, it's the doll's eyelids. They closed. Anyone catch that? I mean, I I, 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 I could be wrong. I mean, if if the three of you were telling me you're confident that you saw a live baby in her arm, like I can't give you a level of confidence. I, I wasn't even really paying attention. I, I could have sworn I saw but, a baby. I just, but, but then again, you guys also thought you guys saw Bill Clinton. Or <laughs> Jen, but Jen said, Jen was like, "Oh, the baby's so cute." Well, Jen also don't got the greatest vision. She doesn't, <laughs> but she had her glasses on at this time. <laughs> Yeah, for the record, I didn't think that was Bill Clinton, but that's one of my favorite throwback moments <laughs> we've ever had, though. Um, How dare you tell me that wasn't Bill Clinton? <laughs> it was it Bill was. Clinton. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was excellent both nights. I'm really excited for this story. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, um, and I can't wait to see how it plays out. And I think Sammy and KO going to Raw worked. For the reason that Sammy is just so much better now than he was this time last year. He's so much more entertaining and interesting. The way he was reading that email from Stephanie McMahon I thought was great. Put on the little reading glasses, excellent. And that they got brought to Raw against Kurt Angle's wishes. So I think that's going to be good too. Um, 
you mentioned Jeff Hardy. I love that Jinder got moved to Raw, immediately loses the title to Jeff Hardy, and then the title goes to the other show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was good. Uh, Samoa Joe, I love that he's on SmackDown because I feel like he's now a bigger fish in a smaller pond, which I like for him. I don't. I feel like he's not going to get lost on SmackDown like he tended to on Raw sometimes. And I do think it's funny, though, that he has a match at Backlash with Roman, who is clearly going to be on Same Raw. problems we had and last And maybe year. for the Universal title. I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> I know you are. Is that going to be for the Universal title, do you mm-hmm. think, at Backlash? I don't think so. Yeah, it, well, it well will ju- be. If he wins the title... Do you it, think he's going to win the title? That That's kind of what If I'm, Roman wins. Yeah. I mean, Do you think Roman's going to win? God willing. Yeah, <laughs> Roman's going to win, but the interesting thing is, because we have the the U.S. title with Jeff and Jinder, but also Joe's in the Fatal 4 for the IC title. Oh, so, really? So, the, so well, there's, that, there's an interesting this thing. This could be like a title versus title match. But <laughs> technically, the latter match is two Raw people versus two SmackDown people. Hmm. Because the Fatal 4-Way and Miz oh, is on. Yeah. So technically, the Miz could bring the IC title back yeah, to SmackDown. Yeah, true. So, think yeah. About it. Yeah, I, there's a lot on the table, I guess. There is some diameters, like, where, dynamics at least, when you would think, like, it's very predictable. But it's almost in every match where it's like, hmm, kind of makes it a little interesting. Especially, like, where it's Jinder versus Jeff. You're like, all right, Jeff's going to retain and keep it. But when there's the fact of, like, all right, Samoa Joe's not going to bring the IC title, but Miz could. And, and we all know I don't like him, but he's... He could win, keep the title for, what, two weeks, and then he's the longest reigning, and he also t- ties Jericho's record. There puts a reason to put the title on him. Yeah, but the thing thing about this is it depends what rule they make up for the, for the title changes. Because remember last year when Jericho fought Owens, Owens went, to Smack, Owens went to SmackDown while Jericho was still on Raw, and Jericho beat Owens. And I mean Jericho went to SmackDown. He didn't take the title with him to Raw. So it depends on what, what rules they implement this time going around to see how things will actually work out. Probably be the same thing. Yeah, but that title's not changing hands. That title's not changing hands. Yeah, I don't think it is. Yeah, because I I don't think we're we're guaranteed new Raw Tag Team Champions no matter what. So I'm not in the be assumed Roman's going to win. So I don't think we're going to get any title changes other than those. Hmm. So the other thing I loved with Joe, and I loved the promo he cut on Roman on Monday, and then I loved that he came out on SmackDown and was cutting promos on guys from both shows. And the top guys, like he caught one on Randy Orton, on AJ Styles, which I really would love to see that. And then Roman, obviously. So, Prep, how do you feel about the content of what he did? Other than just getting to see him, what do you think about the content of what he did? He he pretty much laid out the rest of his year. Like, all right, I'm going to face this person. I'm going to face that person. The thing is, like, I don't see, like, obviously he's not going to beat Roman. But he has to win a feud, so... Like he's not gonna beat Daniel Bryan, <laughs> so who do they give him to? Who's he? Who's Hopefully he gonna Randy. beat against? You know. <laughs> well, Randy, Randy's going against Jeff, which is. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. It's been what not eight years since well, actually ten years since we've seen that. So I'm I'm open to that. So it, it was this. I'm sorry to cut you off, but this year has been ten years since Jeff Hardy faced Shelton Benjamin for the U.S. Yeah, title. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. On SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And then another thing with that is with Joe. Joe doesn't really technically have to beat Daniel Bryan. I don't expect him to, but he has to just leave leave standing tall over Daniel Bryan. Right. I I do love the matches that he has laid out ahead of him, though, and. Like I said, I think he's going to be a big fish in a smaller pond. Where do you think your favorite wrestler lands? 
Jason Jordan? Yes. Uh, I think he stays on Raw with his dad. Okay. Because I, I think that story needs to be told. The falling out needs to finish being told. Does he I, have I think the they go Chad back to 1.0. Yeah. Huh? I think they have a feud, though. Well, it would be the right way to go. Not yet. I don't want to see him in the tag team. You know what? I wouldn't mind seeing him in the tag team with Gable because they could have a falling out that I think with the two of them could be hilarious. I think Gable's really funny. Jordan's really funny. Yeah, and they would have good it, matches. Well, together. Gable would be the heel. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know who would be the heel because Jason Jordan is Jason such a Jordan. good, Jason, annoying, Jason whiny heel. heel. They hate Jason Jordan. But Gable, I missed that Gable, Gable would turn on him for leaving him more in SmackDown alone. They, they did kind of already set that up before. Although, I... Who are we to say that they're actually going to follow the stories that they've already set up? Well, well they like, did go back to Daniel Bryan and Miz, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Joe. I'm so happy he's back, and I think it's going to be excellent. And he's motivated. Forward. You could tell. Do you think he's an underrated talker? Who? Oh, yeah. Samoa Joe. Like, do you think people realize how good he really is? I think because some people trash that, like, his promo style because he has, like, this real, like, he screams and then he goes real quiet, like, a lot of people trash that. I like it. I personally, like, it gets my attention, and I hang on to every word he says. If he wasn't who he is, it might bother me. But he, everything about him, the just his fit, his face sells him talking. The snarl that, that he has. The snarl, the swagger he has, the cockiness. I think it, it suits him perfectly, where the way he talks, like I've said this before, you feel like he's really scary the way he talks. And he looks that way, the way he carries himself in the ring, the way he moves. I I think I love almost every promo he does. I'll tell you what. When he went out there on Tuesday and he cut that promo, not that he – I forgot what he did on Raw. Like, I think, if anything, Romo ended that segment better with, with the fat line. But it was one of those <laughs> right. things – Joe went out there and over-delivered or in SmackDown. Like, if anything, I thought he could have came out and be like, wow, here's the surprise that he's there. You don't need anything else. That promo was great. Again, one of my favorite parts is the fact that he literally not only laid out everyone that he could put down, but he's like, I'm going to go win the Intercontinental Championship, and then a couple weeks later, I'm going to bring the Universal title. <laughs> so I'm bringing both of them here to SmackDown, and then I'm going to choke out the WWE Champion. I mean, who, who said anything similar to that? Over the last 10 yeah, years. Yeah, coming for everybody. Yeah, and the, the best thing about that is you could buy him saying it. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't come across scripted or anything. You could actually buy him saying that. Yeah, exactly. And now me not being a person that followed him in TNA, but if you know the fact that he held, I guess, every title they had, if not the majority of them at one point, yep. there's a little bit of like irony there to be like, well, wait, he's already done this. Yeah. He's held... <laughs> More than three, he's held three or more titles at once. Why can't he do it right here? Wow, he's actually going to do it in a, a week from Friday. He's going to go climb a ladder, grab one belt. Two weeks later, he's going to grab another. Then he's going to come back and choke out AJ. And if you're a true babyface fan, you should so be. Good. You should. You should. You should be nervous. Like, you're getting me hyped now. Eh? A, kid, a kid watching that, like they should be scared. Like, oh my gosh, AJ is going to get choked out, lose his belt to someone that already has two. This guy is greedy. Yeah, I can see Troy being a little worried about that. I'm too bad he's too busy with Fortnite at the moment. <laughs> like Listen, everybody else? Uh, yo, he <laughs> is intense with it. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry, Kevin Owens. I love you. But Samoa Joe, I can say it now, he's my favorite on the roster. Like, he's my favorite current wrestler right now. 
So the other thing about him as a talker, I think why people don't realize how good he is is because, like, Jericho can cut great promos in a variety of different ways. Sometimes they're silly and funny. Sometimes they're really serious. Sometimes they're kind of violent. And Joe kind of does the same. When he's on, his best promos are kind of the same way. He's a heel. He's intimidating. But just because that's his niche doesn't mean he should lose any credit because his promos, like you said, it hooks me too. Mm-hmm. I am inv- invested in every word he says when he's talking. And I don't think a lot of people really give him credit for that. All right, I got a question for you guys mm-hmm. before you move on. Who do you think WWE will make the breakout? And who, but who, and then who do you want to be the breakout? Because last year WWE the, they made the breakout guy Jinder Mahal. No matter no matter what we like, whether we like it or not, they made him the breakout guy. So who do you think WWE is going to make make the breakout guy? But who and who do you want to be the breakout? All right, well I want to start with that. Who do I want? I'm actually just going to direct it to SmackDown. So it immediately comes to mind. I think. Oh, I want obviously Andrade to be who I think WWE is going to make big cast. Because here's the thing, and again, complete 180 from the time he was. Not to cut you off, can I? But can I say how grateful I am that WWE held off on debuting Big Cass so he didn't overshadow Daniel Bryan's return to the ring? I'm just really happy. I think Big (laughs) Cass would have taken a lot of steam out of Daniel Bryan. (laughs) I'm glad they waited a couple weeks. But continue. So, Big Cass, even if he, which he should, because this is obviously going to be a thing. Even if he loses this, it's going to make him look so much better, whatever Daniel Bryan's going to do with him, than what he was doing with, and no offense to these three people, what he would have done with Mark Henry, Kane, The Big Show. That would have been these obvious, like, okay, it's another giant old-timer that's been there for two decades. And they're it gonna doesn't put over the matches anymore anyway. Yes, <laughs> and they're going to they're gonna put over a new guy. But then you got, like, the ultimate babyface who is over a foot shorter than him and it's believable that Big Cass can go out there and should be able to demolish him. Even if Brian wins, Big Cass is going to look ten times better than whatever he had going on Raw. Right. Um, for me, who I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Drew McIntyre. I think they know they dropped the ball the first time they had him and they saw what he's done since oh, he left. I can't wait to talk about that. And I think he's. I think Vince wants to see him to see that like, come to fruition finally. Um, who I want it to be, I don't know if I'd consider this a breakout, but I want Miz to win a world world title in 2018. That's what I want. Uh, Prep? What I want to be the breakout, just to be different, because I, I agree with both of you guys on who you know you want and who you think it's going to be. I, I really want Sanity to do good on the main roster. I wish I, Nikki Cross was with them. I was very upset about that. I, I feel like she will be okay. because people are talking about it. Right. Like WWE's Ho- hopefully gonna enough, like, complaining, yeah, enough complainers. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things like, wow, we didn't think she was that popular. Turns out she's the best person in the group. You know? Right. <laughs> so for I want them to really do good. I Big fan of Eric Young. I think he's a good talker. I think he's dumb underrated in the ring. Like... So I really hope they get a run. Who I think it's going to be, I think Eck nailed it. Big Cass is obviously primed for a big position. He says that he should lose to Daniel Bryan. He's not going to. He's going to beat him. Hmm. Interesting. 
What I'm really curious is where Kane ends up, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I really want to know. I yeah, tuned in Kane both goes. nights just to see what happens with Kane. Yeah. <laughs> Alo? Well, you've made great points, and I don't really disagree with nothing you guys said. Um, of course, I want the best for Andrade, and we all t- always talk about how WWE, they book Hispanic talent terribly over the years, but I think they'll be fine because he has Zelina Vega. Oh, she is. It, <laughs> but yeah, they, he has Alina Vega, and, I'm, and I know they'll push him because of her, and she can handle everything on the mic. So I, I have no doubt that he'll be handled properly. Um, I believe WWE is going to push Baron Corbin because they moved him to Raw, and we've been kind of on and off with Baron. He Corbin. got a vignette. Yeah, <laughs> and like I said they moved him to Raw because he did, every, but he did everything on SmackDown. They needed to be done. But I liked it though. Like that was probably the best thing they did with Baron Corbin yeah, since changing his music. Yeah, cause, yeah, because <laughs> music is excellent, by the way. Yeah. But the thing with him is, he if you go through the archives of this show, it's like he we've been high on him, and then he's been at the at the bottom because it's, it's all about what they allow you to do and they give you. But I think the move to Raw, they're kind of trying to make him a big deal, and I also agree with the whole big cast thing. But the person I want to do move want to be um important is Drew McIntyre and I'll save my reasonings for later okay so the other thing that I was a huge fan of was you guys have all mentioned it already Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega getting called up to Smackdown I thought they already looked I, I said this I haven't watched a ton of NXT and I haven't cared about a lot of NXT but I said that those two together that is a championship act for them together so that they're bringing them up together. They, they cut that promo outside of the Performance Center. For some reason, I like that with the palm tree in the background. And it felt like this. these people matter. It wasn't like the standard SmackDown kind of branding behind a still photo of them. It wasn't a put-together package. It was them coming out and saying, we're coming here. This is what we're coming here for. This is what we're going to do. And I think that they have a really good chance to take what they did in NXT and do it on the main roster. I really have high hopes and a lot of faith that it will work because I think the two of them are just so good. My opinion on it, and obviously agreeing with everyone's point on it, but Andrade has proven he's gold, and especially with Selena or in NXT. Lord knows how closely Vince watches any of that or any of it at all, but he's known to be extremely high on Alberto, and it's been reported that he wants Andrade to basically be another Alberto. Well, that combo is going to be 20 times better than what Del Rio and Rodriguez were, so it's only going to succeed. It's only going to go high. I just wonder, like, what what's going to be his first push. There was a, a rumor in a dirt sheet that I read, which I love this idea as well. Supposedly, there's supposed to be a short-lived heel tandem of Almas and Nakamura together. Hmm. Well, they work together. I, Indie you, prep. You, <laughs> all right, so here we shine. go. This is where you got shine. While you guys were talking, I was uh. looking up Davey M's ratings. <laughs> Uncle Dave. They had a four-star match, and... I've I've seen their match. They have great matches together, but them working together, who in Mexico or in no in uh, Japan. New Japan while he was in in a mask. I need to see like Hill Nakamura. I don't know. We're probably gonna talk about this Ooh. pretty soon. But Hill Nakamura, what a turnaround! <laughs> Way to go, WWE, because this is great. He went, it went from thinking he's out the door to. 
he's the greatest low blower of all time. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't here for the mm-hmm. WrestleMania review, but I said weeks before the preview that if Nakamura doesn't win, he might as well leave. Way to shut me up, WWE, yeah. <laughs> because you did the right thing. Right. They did. Uh, like two completely different people, basically. Um, so before we get into some of the actual segments, I just want to shout out, I loved Paige doing her Teddy Long impersonation. I was a big fan of her. I always pop that. for Teddy Long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Uncle Teddy ain't talking no more. <laughs> no, uh, Uncle Teddy <laughs> tried to big time A-Lo oh, like really? they wasn't cousins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, may- maybe I, I don't ha- have a little bit of hard feelings towards Uncle Teddy, but I love that she did it. Yes. Who does he think he is? <laughs> Trojan nephew. He's a Hall of Fame. He's a holla, holla, holla of Fame. He was trying to sell him, like, a T-shirt, a photo, and a photo with him. <laughs> and didn't, you get a, didn't we get a great shot of you, like, walking past him? Oh, yeah. I'm going to re-upload that. <laughs> so good. Uh, so, not a ton to talk about with the Universal Championship. Crowd Page's hat on him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shane doing it was perfect. Oh, yeah, it was good. <laughs> Even um, even better was a little bit of like embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just say do you, do you like Paige so far in this role? Yeah, I do. It's the same thing that every, every other GM did. She's just in the office. Yeah, it's, but she's a different person than mm-hmm. these other people. It's yeah, and I'm I'm just so happy for her that she still has a place. How's she gonna treat the girls? That, that's what I'm interested in seeing. Well, the her 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 group's there, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. You know they're going to get favoritism, you got to assume. God's greatest creation. Heck <laughs> was on commentary, I swear yeah. he was. That's debatable, but we'll save that for another day. Um, Not that me or commentary, that she's God's greatest gift. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure your commentary is excellent. Um, so, Brock will be on Raw next week. Really? We've gotten, yeah, we've gotten Roman doing Hold Roman show. two weeks in a row. At this point, there's no point to not have him show up. They killed that story already. Yeah, and then the same at the, at the same time, Roman talk, talking about Brock not showing up anymore is kind of pointless and out the window because he's been feuding with Joe the last two weeks. So Joe's even overshadowing Roman saying and Brock. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I so this is like kind of even having a place anymore. Yeah, I just needed to end. Yeah. Did anybody have any, anything else they want to say about it? Because I don't. I don't care about any of it. No. All right. Uh, so now we'll get to. On SmackDown, we ended up with a tag match, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles versus Rusev Day. And is Rusev Day getting a bigger reaction than Daniel Bryan at this point? Because could, I think could be. it might. <laughs> could be. I mean, since January, there it, again, NXT, it was the biggest chant there. And Rusev's not even on that show. He hasn't been on that show for, what, four years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and it's been everywhere since. You go to Ring of Honor, House of Hardcore, NXT, a house show for WWE. He's on SmackDown. You go to Raw. There's still Rusev Day chance. Right. Un- it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's, the most overthink- it's the most overthink in wrestling. Yeah. yeah I, there's a bigger chance of naturally him being almost like a Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, John Cena-esque <laughs> name before Roman is because of how over this is getting. Right. Yeah, Rusev's a big deal. He, he's on TMZ like every day now. Because <laughs> <laughs> Lana's going to be in a casket match. Uh, how, how long do you think that's going to go? The casket match? Eight minutes? Nine, maybe? Four Less minutes Trump. and 50 seconds. <laughs> you know what? You might be right. It'll just be like a quick... Choke slam and tombstone, and he rolls him in. Yeah, that boy does not care. He just better no. get paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aiden English, excellent. 
So good. So glad he cut his hair. Yeah, he needed to. Um, He's a Guerrero. And like you said, how much fun is Heel Nakamura to watch? Amazing. It's like a whole other human being. Yeah, it really is. That was in my notes, actually. I love that all he says is no no speak English. Love it. The facial, because he does all those goofy facial expressions. It it works Yeah, they work so much better when they're supposed to be evil than when they're just there for no real reason. And who sells giving a (laughs) better than Nakamura? (laughs) That dude really lays it in. He, like, winds back. He's like the Babe Ruth of low blows. (laughs) Who, Who was it recently? And I think it was over like a world title. There AJ was some- Ambrose. Yeah, that it was, was every week. Yeah, because that, that was my nitpick. That's my only problem I have with this. No more low blows at the next week. But even in the dark match when he faced Orton in the dark match, he he got disqualified by doing a low blow. He low blowed him. <laughs> and it was Dean low blowing AJ every it was, time. It was yeah, Dean. Yeah, every week AJ got a low blow by Ellsworth a couple times, and then Dean did it, and Dean kept hope. Um, so AJ blow. is just. There's no chance he's having a fifth kid. No. <laughs> well, he's getting up there, too, so. <laughs> yeah. He's like 42. I think, he's, he's, I think he's 40. Or 41. Um, yeah, I know he's not young. Uh, yeah, I'm just having a lot of fun watching him. One more question. Mm-hmm. Where does he go? John Where, wherever he feels like it. Yeah, whatever show he wants to on any given week. <laughs> to the altar. Time out. I, I do just got to pay We're homage. talking about John Cena, by the way. Prep just put on his never give up headband. You already know. I think we all do got to pay homage. We are talking about the WWE champion, the people feuding for it. Rest in peace, Bruno San Martino. Yes. Uh, Prep, any thoughts on Bruno San Martino? None. <laughs> I don't want to speak ill of the dead. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is condolences to his family, his friends, obviously. You're not no relation? Hey, to the, actually, there is a rumor within the family that he's a third cousin. So Really? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Don't speak I, ill of his family. I never heard about it until like two, three years ago. If you just said I've two, never, three weeks ago, no, I I've <laughs> never been able to verify it, but there is a rumor running rampant through the... It's not the Pashery side of the family. It's my mom's side of the family, my mom's mom, the Scarados. So r- rumors running rampant through the Scarado family that we are related to Bruno San Martino. Oh, man. <laughs> well, not, not to... Check that family tree out. <laughs> yeah, he's the, he's the second biggest star <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. The, in the family tree. <laughs> yeah. the look, I like yeah. that. Look out Anna Wise. <laughs> <laughs> not to speak for Aaron before he can make any opinion or any thought on it. And obviously, Prep doesn't want to mention nothing, but I think, you know, the three of us, obviously, we got no recollection of him in the ring. Obviously, you yeah, know. I don't either. You know some of his history. The damnedest thing about his death, and I, I don't actually, it's wrong for me to say the damnedest thing, but I was actually visiting my grandparents mm-hmm. today, um, and my grandfather was asking me about going to WrestleMania, this and that, and he talks about how. That similar to me, the main, you know, physical activity entertainment that his father watched was pro wrestling, mm-hmm. when, like when it first started. And he's like, yeah, you know, I can't really remember like the names of any of them. My, my, and by the way, my grandfather was never a fan of pro wrestling. Right. And um, he's like, you know, I think I knocked off like a couple like real old names that come to mind. He recognized Bruno, Bruno San Martino, and I swear in minutes, less than five, I open my phone and it says, Bruno Martino has just died right now. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, my, my, my grandfather's like in his late 80s. I'm, 
Oh, remember a guy we were just talking about? <laughs> well, I, oh, yeah, he just died. He, he, I, was, I kept it to myself, and I was like, man, this is bad timing. That was a good move. Yeah, the one thing for me, like, like I said, we don't know, but I've said this before, and it's like it's a phrase that I've heard. It's really easy to be the best when there's nobody else. So like you said this about Ronda Rousey. I said this about Ronda Rousey. So there's like at that time, Bruno was the only one. That's why he held the title for so long, you know. Right. But that's as far like. We try, I don't know if you guys try, but I've tried to watch those old things because I feel like I should know what the stuff was. I just had no interest in it. I fall asleep as usual. Like, I just don't enjoy it. It's I see the clips here and there, and I feel that there's no reason for me to, I feel no need to see it. So so here's my thought on it, um, I, and it gets kind of a comparison. It's like, and everyone's got their thoughts on Hulk Hogan. But it's one of those. I don't want to go back and watch any of his matches, and not to speak ill of any recent manias we've reviewed. But I don't want to watch Hulk Hogan in the ring. You can't buy that. I don't care if this. I don't care if it's in the the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands. I don't want to watch him in the ring. But the nostalgia things and like. If I rewatch something like a promo of him, mm-hmm. I, I do pop for that due to the memory, and I have family members and I have friends that enjoy his in-ring work and I feel like okay cool so there is someone old enough that the idea of a match Bruno had was good so I mean I I guess I just respect the history yeah because if it was good in 1902 when Bruno was doing it or if it was early 80s when Hogan was doing it I just respect it you know either way it's it's part of history is it so you can't is it that you can't watch Hogan's matches now because of what's going on in the ring now or you just Choose not, to, choose not to. Well, no, I, I won't say that I don't watch them. I don't necessarily see the over-enjoyment of it. Like, I think more more recently, I'd say like three years ago, I watched him and Warrior. And I would say this was probably around 2015. And while watching that, I was just like, man, this is like, the immediate thought that ran through my head is like, how could anyone buy that this was believable or, or real then? Okay. Simpler time. Yeah. Simpler. Yeah, what's simpler? Yeah, because yeah, that's, like, that's what I'm saying. Ryan, Ryan's saying it's simpler. I would think that's even more easier because you 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 kind of lived it for for the most part. It's mm-hmm. like God, I loved him, or God, I hated him. Like even like the '90s stuff, like even the, the WrestleMania stuff we did. I bought every second yeah. of it, even though it was in '89 and '90. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, like moving on from this, did anyone else pop? For the fact that the melebration took place directly after the reveal reveal of Big Cass, <laughs> am I the only one that got a pop out I, of that? I did, I did think about that. It ran through my head. I'm waiting to see that, like there's gonna have to be something with those two now that they end up back on the same show. I mean, they're not uh, together anymore, right? Get, no, but yeah, but you know they, you know when they split, Carmelo's on social media saying how you know she supports him while he was injured. She put something out there saying like he's gonna make a hell of a comeback. Seems yeah. seems like her what she said is one hundred percent true. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it was also rumored that when they went to different shows, it was because Vince didn't want them to last. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's interesting. And it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're both on the same show now, so it's interesting. Maybe they, maybe they could reconcile a bit. But I sure hope not. That was like the only plan they've executed properly. I think. <laughs> Has she ever met Big Prep? <laughs> I, I don't think so. Well, you're not big no more, prep. <laughs> this is true. Daddy prep. Daddy, Daddy prep. Oscar <laughs> uh, on SmackDown. Anybody excited for that? 
I'm kind of already used to it. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. I, it bothered me because, like, I wanted somebody else. Right. Like, I was like, oh, maybe we'll get, you know, like, Bailey or Sasha or somebody will go there. But yeah, Asuka, it wasn't, like, exciting. I would have loved either Bailey or Sasha because since they've been called up, they haven't been on SmackDown. Yeah, that too. And another thing, well, Asuka, I had a feeling it would be Asuka because she wasn't on Raw last week and she wasn't even on Raw this past week. So I was like, okay, it may have to be Asuka because there has to be a reason for why we haven't seen Asuka in two weeks since, well, since WrestleMania. Yeah, well, actually, surprised. let me eat my words. I guess Sasha has been on a SmackDown, but since there's been the the draft. Right. She was on Celtic Warrior Workouts, though. Yeah, she was. She was. She kills herself, man. Yeah, yeah, she does. Ever since when she does squats, squats or burpees, she has, she after that she burns ten calories <laughs> on the bike right after. I was like, God, this is crazy. <laughs> well, I guess that's how you become. You start to look like you're a different species from the four of us. <laughs> uh, I'm on my way. <laughs> the Iconics still hunting Charlotte. They are fantastic. Yes. They are. You guys undersold them. They were I the undersold best, them. They were the best part of last week. They <laughs> were one of the best parts of this week. Billy Kane, Peyton Royce, superstars. And that loss doesn't hurt yeah, them no, at no, all. They could lose. They could lose, they could lose every match, and they'll work their way back up with their words. And yeah, then also, they, they win with what they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they didn't win much in NXT, and for mm. a long time, everyone wanted them to come up, thought they right. would do. And yeah, because they, they didn't have They to were win. always good without winning. Mm-hmm. And I think because we think so highly of, Bill, of uh, Peyton Royce, we don't know how good Billy Kay is. She is fantastic. Yeah, Pey- Peyton's a better worker than Billy Kay, but one thing I did find interesting, it was good to see Charlotte actually go one-on-one with somebody that's close to her size. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They have similar, like, move sets, yeah. too. Billy Kay's a better-looking one, in my opinion. Humbly early said. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, uh, no wrong answer. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. No wrong answer. She, oh, my God. She got a set of legs. Let me let me just tell you that when I was a kid, I loved Stacey Keebler, and she's like her modern shape. day Stacey <laughs> Keebler with she could actually work though. Yeah, yeah, she's good, but yeah. there's also more meat on those legs. Yeah, yeah there definitely is. But yeah, I, I think they're great. Thing. I think that I'm so happy to see them on one of the main shows, and I'm glad that they're making them relevant right out of the gate. Yeah, because they deserve it. Like mm-hmm. they were, they were NXT so long. Mm-hmm. Like we all know, Apollo Cruz got called up really, really early, like too early. Congrats, he got his last name. He back. got his last name back. Yeah, <laughs> but Apollo Creed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like they got signed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they like them and No Way Jose. Who I don't know if you guys saw me. Drunk Prep was on Raw <laughs> the last two weeks. <laughs> I did. I noticed that. So I love the sec. I I'm just a sucker for like dumb stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I love that the fact in his backstage segment, his song started playing. Oh like, yeah, me too. Like obviously he's Adam Rose 2.0, but honestly, this is a stretch. But we were saying the same thing about the Drifter. Like nobody really thought anything about him coming up, and look where he's at. Oh, it worked out swimmingly for Elias. Mm-hmm. He's way further along than anyone thought he would be. I, and I don't know if there's a, a strong reason why I feel this way, but I feel like it's almost an insult. No, I guess no, I don't care. Maybe it can take it as disrespect to Adam Rose, but I feel like it's almost a discredit to No Way Jose. I feel like he's already leaps and bounds better than Adam Rose. Well, Adam Rose did do some good stuff on the main roster. I just I really meant gimmick wise. Beefy baby. Though. 
<laughs> it was that. There was some stuff he did that was really enjoyable, but yeah, he never took off on the main. Yeah. A lot of that stuff kind of fell really yeah. flat. I also do think in ring wise, no way goes farther oh, than at. I, I think so I feel too. like it's ar- it's already known that he goes farther, but I think he should have a chance because the, the in ring work's going to be better. I think so too. Yeah, does any anytime I hear No Way Jose song, I just. Go back to that dance off he had with Austin Aries and then I see you know dance right now see Aries turned on him so good maybe the best thing he's <laughs> so ever good. done to be honest so it was good, good. I totally yeah. forgot about that when Aries killed him with the <laughs> so forearm so good I need to watch that because he, he was so into it I just it's my hair on the way I think about that uh, Bailey and Sasha had another match. Thought it was good, just when it was really they got heating the crowd up. up too. Yeah, just when it was really heating up, they got interrupted by the debuting Riot Squad. I, th- I don't remember if we talked about this on the show or before the show, but basically the two female factions just swapped shows and are going to do the same thing they were doing on the show they were previously at. They were both kind of doing the same thing anyway. But why did he waste time and not just put in Bailey versus Sasha full fledged? I, I honestly don't get it anymore. It's just I mean, better I, main event of pay per view. That's all I gotta say. I don't. I don't get it. Like we talked about how WWE like they squander money all the time. It's like God, just do it already. No, I'll tell you what. These matches they're doing. I mean, and it's it's a shame because Balor and Rounds are so good in the ring. Bailey and Banks are so good in the ring. But if I turn on Raw on Monday and they say the main event tonight is going to be Bailey and Banks. I'm going to be so disinterested because it, and it could go out there and put on a five-star match, but unless it's, there's something obviously going to be special about it, I'm not interested. I don't want to watch it. It's happened too much. Yeah, they just keep throwing them in the ring together. It's, and, and then when they do it, it's like they tease us with it, but the end game, they don't even, not, they don't even get to like... They don't like even get halfway there. Don't, it's not like they go to step one, but we only get to step two. We never get that. We always get step one. Eh, we're gonna go back. To, we're gonna go, we're gonna go back out the door. That's right. how it always is with those two. It's like, come on, just do it already. Yeah. Uh, prep. How are you feeling about Ronda Rousey these days? So, the WrestleMania match, I enjoyed. For what I saw live, I actually had to go to the bathroom really bad, so I went to the bathroom. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Eck, like, kind of came in my neck, like, oh, I bet you're going to be on the show. Like, oh, look how good she was. <laughs> I never doubted her physical ability. It's still her talking. It's still certain things she does. Like, I really like that her and Sonya Deville faced off. Mm-hmm. But her work punches are terrible. Mm-hmm. But the takedown was great. Like, it- it's it's just certain things she does that's... Great, like like her demeanor, mm-hmm. the way she walks down to the ring, I love it. But I hate I hated the segment with her and Natty. That the felt, backstage one, yeah, that felt so like rehearsed, Jeez. and it was cheesy. Her she doesn't know how to be happy. Don't be happy. Well, see, then my thing is, I understand to try to make it like a badass and all, but she's a beautiful she's a beautiful woman, and they. Make, she doesn't look like that. She comes out with this braid and that eyeshadow or makeup, whatever that crap is. Thank God it wasn't the orange one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, stop. Like, and, and, like, like, stop. Now, the backstage thing with Se- Sega with Natty, I can kind of buy it because Natty is you heal her face because sometimes you don't even know what the hell Natty is. <laughs> but she's, like, universally loved. And we do know that Natty was training with Ronda. So we know this, kind of, this is kind of leading to, I think Natty's the perfect person 
for Ronda's first actual feud to be because now they can actually carry Ronda. In. And they're going to crush it. Yeah, so that's a perfect person to put Ronda in for Ronda. And she'll be comfortable with her. Mm-hmm. She'll be comfortable yeah. with her, and then she also has the heart name. She needs to stop blocking punches, too. Stop blocking strikes because it looks so whack. It looks like it makes the other person look dumb weak, and it makes her look dumb because it looks so unnatural. Like when she blocked Dana Brooks' punch, like that looks so fake. She just like put her hand up, yeah. like, don't do that. Just take the punch. You're it's a like bad how you would teach ass. a kid to block a punch the first time you ever showed them what to do. Yeah, like, oh, just put your heart. The, the exaggerated motion. Yeah. And then what Prep said about Ronda's face towards Sonya Deville, like, really? you? That was yeah. great. I it was. I think some of that, her happy to be there thing they were doing on Monday stems from they got a lot of positive social media mm-hmm. reaction to the clip of her backstage after her Mania match with all the girls coming up and congratulating her and her being so thankful that she said, you know, I've never had girls support me before. I've always been by myself, so it's kind of great to have people support me. And she was so thankful that people were supporting her. So I think there, for whatever reason, they think that's the route they have to go, but they don't. And hopefully it doesn't take too long for them to get to where they need to. Well, my thing is, that wasn't on television, right? No, I just saw it on Twitter. Okay, but see, this is my thing about this. They really need to start showing these little things on television so you can actually kind of like put the puzzle together because a lot of times it's like, why are you doing this? Now, and with this whole Natty thing, that's one thing that you actually have to see now. The clip has gone viral on WWE's Instagram, I believe, and you said it's on the on dot com and stuff. But like everybody doesn't watch that stuff. We always say dot com has all the gems, all the mm-hmm. best stuff is on dot com. So you kind of got to put these stuff, put these things together sometimes to actually fill in some of the holes in the puzzle. So I, so from a storyline perspective, everything can be carried over way more smoothly. Yeah, I totally agree. There were two. All right, there was a really good thing that I saw on dot com, and there was something that I was really upset about. So. The really good thing, Mike Canales is back, <laughs> so he's gonna be on Raw Monday Night Mike. I I hope I hope that they give him something <laughs> like the guy. Other than the song, <laughs> no, the song is great. Just have him come out. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> if if Maria's not there, like that's all he really has. Yeah. But at least let him wrestle. Like don't he's not he's not Zack Ryder. He's not Kurt Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Like that's the bad thing though. Zack Ryder. Why is this guy still employed? Why is he on Raw? And why did they move Mojo to Raw too? Yeah, can these I, guys I, need I, to I get away from them. Can you at least appreciate that he had to announce it himself that he's going to Raw? <laughs> it didn't get announced. It wasn't he just had to tell everybody, oh I'm, I'm on Raw now, guys. I would have much rather him be the Heath Slater this year, <laughs> but with no press. Right. Like Heath Slater made it into something. Like I wish Zack Ryder would have just never got drafted. <laughs> I'd have been fine with it. Uh, Matt and Bray, is everybody happy with what they're doing? With Yo, I two? like it. it I, I have one. They got to f- find a way to mash up their entrances a little bit better, but I do love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be, like how good was it when like you go from the dark and immediately yeah. like the split? Like I, I like the it. Backstage yeah, yeah, the backstage segment. Yeah, the backstage segment was really good. Yeah. And I do I do like Bray. Say, like I think Bray sounds good saying all the like quick hit wonderful. words. Like, <laughs> wonderful. Even in his own voice, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't really need yeah. to adapt it. I think Matt needs to like keep, like he needs to figure out how he used to say "I knew you'd come" because I don't. It doesn't, doesn't sound, sound right same. to me. It doesn't sound the same. Yeah, and um, 
well, the way I would fix the entrance, like I mentioned, have Matt just come out first, and then after he does the lead, just have Bray's music hit, and then Bray comes out, and Matt does the ha-ha-ha with the end of the lantern. That would work perfectly, because it, it was kind of like that, but they don't need to come out together at the same time. Yeah, like, I will delete you. Yeah. Then, then Bray Wyatt hits it hits. Yeah. And then well, maybe I'll out. make the song. You, you yeah, know what? I Send think it to them. Another yeah. alternative, because the thing I noticed, I thought it was way too short of Matt's entrance. But what I think, would, or his music... But what I think would be good is almost that give Matt his full thing. You get the yeah, the lights Matt, go out, and then Bray doesn't even need the entrance. Just let him show up in the ring. Yeah, yeah. And um, we're saying like this tag team, Bray Wyatt, way better as a face. At, 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 if that's what you want to define them as right now, he should have been after WrestleMania two years. He should have been a face <laughs> years ago. A bunch of times because he doesn't have a move set, so when he gets tagged in, he can just do his little four moves and go home. But I, I, I love this right now. Me too. I think it's great. I think it's promising for both guys. I think it's going to be fun. Most yeah. excited I've ever been about mm-hmm. Bray. You know it's going to sell merch money, and Bray mm-hmm. really needs that money. Yeah. He does. <laughs> yeah, for JoJo. But um, yeah, expensive taste. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can't. Balo can't afford you, JoJo. So. <laughs> I'm not buying you a pony. Yeah, but <laughs> but what Eric said last week about them on Twitter, Al Bray's like being goat with Mal on Twitter, and he. Uncle Dave reported that Matt Bray was supposed to turn on Matt and be the leader of Sanity, and then, so good. And then Bray debunked that and tweeted and, and tweeted, um, send that to Matt and said we're going to delete this. <laughs> <laughs> so that is great. So great. Uh, fashion Files chase the bar off of Monday Night Raw. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> the Fashion Police are back. Yeah, I'm happy about that. Love that they wrote them a ticket. Did you like when he put on his jacket? I loved it. I loved everything they did, honestly. It was, so just, it was just great to see them actually out there doing their thing in a match. What do you think of the bar moving to SmackDown? Great. Needed. I think it would have been better if... I like the move, don't get me wrong, but I really want the Usos on Raw. One more thing about tag teams. Was it ALP in that Eliminator? Yeah. But they just forgot about it? Who knows? I assumed that was part of the Eliminator. That's, that's what I thought. No, no, no. It wasn't? They, no, they they clearly stated that it was just... Like, okay, okay. I, I was making sure. AOP, though, I don't know how you guys feel about it since since we're talking about tag teams. I am so pumped for AOP on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Those guys are... Yeah, they belong very, there. Yeah, and then, and then with the bar going to SmackDown, like, both shows, they have, like, rejuvenated tag team, tag team divisions, so we could get way more better, way more new matchup, matches, so the bar really did have to go to um, SmackDown. Yeah, to make the tag team division more interesting for the next mm. few months, at, at the very least. The one good thing about Paul Ellering leaving is that I, I'm sure me and our friend of the show, Gene, will probably be meeting <laughs> Paul Ellering in Allentown in a few weeks. Yeah, so it's a shame that he won't be at WWE. Well, not really, because I get to meet him. Well, that's good then. Um so just some miscellaneous stuff. We have our truth on SmackDown. How fun was that? Awesome. I knew you loved that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, when I, saw it, I wanted to text you, but I'm like, well, it's no, Tuesday. Yeah, it's, it's Tuesday. The same. <laughs> <the same. laughs> I'm not going to bother him with wrestling. Yeah, I was so excited when he popped up, and I was like, please get me a either my bad or that one's on me. We got a my bad from our truth. 
says, it's so great we're here on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and they say, oh, it's SmackDown. He goes, oh, my bad. See you tomorrow. I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Still doesn't get the hint. Loved it. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but if he just does that once a week. I hope I'll to God happy. he shows up on Raw. I would love <laughs> that, like, too. Like with Kurt Angle in the back. Like, yo, Kurt, you got a match for me? What are you doing here? It's, you don't even work here. Tuesday, right? <laughs> yeah, I would love that. And then we have Ziggler coming back to Raw and bringing... Drew McIntyre with him. Uh, so, Alo, I know you've been waiting to talk about Drew McIntyre. I don't think you did earlier. No, I didn't. So you might Qu- as well. You quick might question before you dive into that, because I know you'd be the one to know. Besides the Spirit Squad, has Ziggler ever been part of a tag team? I mean, I know we had that thing with Big E, but he was a were... tag team with Swagger. They never won the title. They got a bunch of title shots, but they never won the titles. Okay, that was pre um, pre Zeb Coulter, correct? Or mm-hmm. okay, yeah, we did see Jack Swagger. <laughs> we did, we did. But yeah, my thing with McIntyre is, I was a big fan of Drew McIntyre when he first debuted in 2009 as the chosen one for Vince because I thought it was a perfect storyline because he was like a Vince was like on screen introducing him and stuff. So it was a big made a big deal about it. He won the IC title and then his wife got him in trouble and then he got buried on Superstar. Yeah, God damn you. But mm-hmm. anyway, so he comes back and if you compare. Oh, nine Drew McIntyre to this Drew McIntyre. It's two completely different people. Mm-hmm. Like that dude is is huge, and he, he comes he comes back to WWE. He 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 wins the NXT title, has a short run. He was supposed to get called up after um to take over his past takeover in November, but you put him with the most stainless character we've had in the last two years <laughs> since since the inception of this show, Dolph Ziggler, and people keep. Making memes, you'll appreciate the word me saying memes, mm-hmm. and you two laugh. But <laughs> you put him with Dolph Ziggler, and now they're comparing him to Diesel and Michaels as the two dudes with attitude. No, like don't don't waste Drew McIntyre with Dolph Ziggler. Like really, the best part of that I thought was the um, the Claymore into the zigzag. Yeah. I thought that was great. But as of right now, I don't like it. Could it be good? Yeah. But as of right now, I don't like it because I think Drew McIntyre should be by himself. He's earned that and deserves that and I don't want this Ziggler thing to last for a long time because Dolph Drew doesn't need to carry around all that dead weight in Dolph Ziggler because we don't even know what Dolph Ziggler is anymore he comes back at the Rumble he was allegedly supposed to get this big push but but nothing happened to that he's still doing that whole um, no music then music into the entrance like we don't know what he is sometimes he's face sometimes he's here we don't know anymore well it's clear that he's a heel now now yeah it's like don't do that and then to you're Drew McIntyre. Heel McIntyre. Don't do that to McIntyre. It, like, don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right as of now, like I said, could this could they make make this something? Yeah, but I'm looking forward just just to see Drew. Could this be good? Yeah. This if they if they are a tag team, this could be a good tag team. Could we talk about the tag team division mm-hmm. that's been like rejuvenated? But I'm looking forward to looking forward to seeing this, but only for Drew McIntyre. Yeah, yeah I think I think he's definitely going to overshadow whatever Dolph is doing. Because he just has like, he has the look, he has the size, he has the work. Like he's, he's the perfect character as a wrestler. Like, and he has the mic skills too. Like he can cut a promo, and he ha- like, he's international. You know they want to push like all this other stuff. He's gonna be great. He's honestly, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I think that the UK title should probably stay on NXT, but I can see them bringing it up. To the main roster and putting it on him. <laughs> the UK title. 
See, uh, do you think these two end up having a match at WrestleMania next year with Pamela Anderson in one corner <laughs> and Jimmy McCarthy in the other? Or is that not going to happen? Newer versions of that. <laughs> it's been They're doppelgangers. They're 2018 doppelgangers. They're 2019 doppelgangers. Is Vince going to be on commentary? We could only hope. Look at Drew McIntyre! M- Michael Cole will be saying it just yeah. now. Look if it was up to me, it'd be like Cardi B and like <laughs> Rihanna or something. I can get behind both of those, yep. as you know. So now we would like to bring in our very special guest for this episode. Uh, superstar wrestler... Uh, Somebody who has huge things ahead of him in the future. He's already doing huge things now in the present. Flip Gordon. Flip, thank you for joining us on the show this week. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We know you got a lot going on, so we appreciate you taking the time. Um, You were actually on our sister show, Falls Count Anywhere, almost exactly a year ago. And you had your first match in Ring of Honor, I believe it was a year ago last week. So, Aaron has a question about the last year of your life since we last spoke to you. Yeah, Flip. Okay. <laughs> you, quickly, you, you quickly became a big name within the past year. So, um, who are some of the wrestlers that have helped you and give you great advice within the past year? Oh, gosh, there's been so many. <laughs> um, the Young Bucks have been two people that have helped me ever since I stepped foot in the Ring of Honor ring. Uh, whether it was backstage, in the ring, any questions I had, they were always just, hey, if you need anything, let us know. They've been very helpful. Um, there's just so many others. Uh, Alex Shelley, and believe it or not, Cody's been very helpful as well. So wow. Even though we have a little feud. <laughs> he still has been very, very helpful to me. So it's not all bad with Cody? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is very good to hear. Um so your your name is Flip, which in a lot of wrestling circles, the word flip can be seen as a bad word in the industry. Um, so with the evolution of athleticism as it's increasing as the years go by, what do you say to people, maybe like Daniel Cormier, for instance, who can't handle kind of the evolution of the in-ring style? Uh, it's an art form. Everybody has different taste. Um, not everybody's going to like paintings. Not everybody's going to like statues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's art for everybody. You just have to find your art that you like. Um, the art that I like is high flying. It's not everybody's taste, but it's what I love. It's what I'm passionate about. and It's what I'm good at. Yeah, so it, it's interesting that you worded that the way you did because I remember reading something on, I think it was in Rolling Stone maybe 10 years ago, Someone who didn't follow country music went to a country music show and said, I didn't think I'd be able to review this because I wouldn't understand whether it was good or not. And they said, basically, I realized how good it was based on the response of the crowd of people who do love it. So you kind of answered very similar to that, that it all depends on, it's in the eye of the beholder, basically. Oh, 100%. Um, And that actually leads me to to another thing I kind of wanted to know. Because like we're talking about certain people like certain things. Is there a certain type of crowd that you prefer to perform in front of? Um, passionate crowd. I want a crowd that's just going to, I want a crowd that when I'm out there, they're just as excited as I am to be in that ring as they are to be in the audience. When you have that connection, that's when you have special shows. That's when you have that special connection. When they're just as excited as you are, that's how you know it's going to be a special night and that everybody's having fun. Now, will you will you know that before you've even stepped foot out of the entrance? 
Oh, 100%. You can hear it as soon as they show up. Before, As soon as doors open, you can see the smiles on people's faces. You can tell if people are going to be excited. As soon as that first match is on, you can tell whether they're they're excited to be there or if, whether you have to come out and be a little more excited to get them started, you know? Yeah, so we're from... Every fi- crowd's different. <laughs> yeah, we're from Philadelphia, so we're kind of known for being a pretty <laughs> intense crowd. Is there such a thing as too passionate? Um, I guess it depends who you ask. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you start throwing stuff or put the talent at danger, mm-hmm. then that's too passionate, I would say. But long as you stay within your boundaries as a fan, I don't, I don't think there's any limit. Okay, now do do you find when you start crossing that limit and put start putting people in danger, like the talent, like jumping guardrails and stuff like that. That's what I would consider too passionate or too drunk, depending on. Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes, too passionate is definitely caused by too drunk. I think they're very <laughs> much, very much uh, linked together. Um, now, you obviously are traveling all over the place. We talk a lot on this show about people always talk about the next boom in wrestling and when is WWE going to have their next boom. And we really believe that the boom is happening outside of WWE right now. Basically, everything else is kind of bigger than it's ever been and more followed than it's ever been. Um, Are there any other promotions or anything going on for all of you guys who are out there not performing on USA on Monday and Tuesdays that you see as like a rival or an alternative to WWE? Oh, 100%. I think Ring of Honor is an alternative. I think New Japan's an alternative. I think Impact Wrestling's an alternative. Lucha Underground's an alternative. MLW that's new. They're an alternative. There's so many alternatives right there, right now. And I think that's why there's such a boom in wrestling. There are professional wrestlers making a living outside of WWE and making a good living, wrestling every single weekend, traveling the world, doing what they love. Um, so there's definitely an alternative. That's not not everybody has to go there now. You don't have to go there to make a living. You don't have to go there to get your name out there. Right. There's people doing it without ever stepping foot, and you know what I mean. With social media, anything's possible now. You can you can build your own brand, your own fan base without ever stepping foot in that ring that they 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 call the WWE ring. You know. Right, and I think there are a lot of older fans that don't quite understand that that happens the, re- the the new reality of the world like you said social media you can get so much of your stuff out there you can show so much of your personality you can show so much of your personal life or the way you affect fans and obviously you build a following before you've ever even gotten to wwe but so you are in the army national guard correct that is correct Now, I read an interview that you did with ESPN, I believe, in February, and I think what I read was that you're done with the National Guard on May 1st. Is that correct? Uh, That is when my contract expires. That is correct. Okay, and it may be too personal for me to ask if you're planning to re-up that contract, but I assume your responsibilities there kind of take away from some of the time you can compete. And I believe, is this your third year in the business? Uh, yes, I will hit year three for my first match on May 6th. Okay, that is my 39th birthday, so we'll, be, we'll both be celebrating that day in one way or another. Um, well, happy birthday, bro. <laughs> thank you, and happy anniversary to you. Um, Appreciate it. 
do, are, do you think you've found way more success way quicker for not being able to dedicate yourself 100% full time to this? Does that blow you away kind of how far you've gotten with having at least somewhat of a limitation on the time you could devote to it? Um, not necessarily because I just looked at it as, okay, I have one weekend a month that I have to dedicate to the army. That's mm-hmm. one weekend a month I'm losing to my competition. You think all those other guys that are out there want to become professional wrestlers. They were, they were wrestling four weekends. I was only wrestling three weekends because of army. So I had to work harder to keep my name and people and promoters heads to keep my name out there, to keep getting bookings. I had to work, I think, harder because I had this distraction, because I had this other thing that I had to deal with, which was the Army. So, But I never made an excuse. I used it as motivation. <laughs> it's like, okay, I have one less weekend than everybody else, then I'm going to do one sh- more show than everybody else, or I'm going to travel further than everybody else. I just, I just set different limits for myself and different goals for myself than other people. I love that. So basically you took what a lot of people like myself viewed as a disadvantage and you kind of turned it into a reason to work even harder at what you're doing. Oh, 100%. Because at first the Army didn't want to work with me. And so like soon as I showed them what I was doing, Mm -hmm. they were able to start working with me. And now I – like right now I'm almost done. I actually had Army this week. And tomorrow's my last physical day of training for the army. After that, I just wait till my contract expires. Right. But before I had to do it on weekends. Now I get to do it during the week because wrestling is my full-time job. It pays all my bills. Wow. So, so they basically made that, uh, kind of almost like an exemption for you to be able to pursue your career. Yeah. 100%. They, they, the sergeant major, his name's Sergeant Major Bowen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came to my rescue because I was about to get AWOLed out of the army. Which wow. I would got kicked out, and he came to my rescue and he saw what I was doing and he was just like, "Hey man, like I want to help you as much as I can. I want to help you finish your time in the army. That way you can get out the right way. That way, if anything ever happens, you can always come back in." That's awesome. That that's great to hear. All right, flip. Going back to what Ron was talking about the boom, about the boom period of wrestling is outside of WWE. Do you have any interest in ever pursuing a WWE career? Um, if you would have asked me three years ago when I started, the question without a doubt would have been yes. Uh, t- today, I don't know. Uh, there's so many other options. Um, I'm still only three years in the business. Do I see myself going there within the next few years? No, because I'm still brand new to this business. I'm still learning, and I think I don't think I'm ready to go somewhere like that yet i want to build my name outside of there and learn as much as i can that way when i go there i know without a shadow of doubt in my mind that i'm going to make it there and be a top star there yeah because um a lot of times when we go to wrestling shows we actually went to the the previous ring of honor taping here in philadelphia and we always have the best times there we all we always see all the hard work and the dedication you guys put you, you put into and you're not supervised you're able to go all in no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> but um we really enjoy, we really think that a lot of people don't need WWE anymore because with the world of social media, everything has grown to a higher extent, and everybody can get their name out there, especially some, someone like you who has taken a big leap within the last year. 100%. And I, there's just so much freedom when you're on the indies. Mm-hmm. Even with me with Ring of Honor, I have so much freedom. Like right now, I can still work indie shows in the States. I can do Ring of Honor. I can do International. I can I can pretty much do anything i want i have freedom over my character 
over what I want to do, what I want to wear, where I want to work. Like I have complete freedom. So it's really tough when you have freedom like myself um, to be like, all right, now I'm going to take a leap of faith and give up (laughs) all my freedom and give up all my creativity to somebody else and then just hope that I'm going to be happy. You know what I mean? Whereas right now I get to do all that myself. If I'm not happy, that's on me, but I am happy and I'm living a dream just three years into this. So yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. Cause last year around, Ironically, around this time last year as well, we had Leo Rush on, and he was he had a lot of interest in WWE, and we also talked about all the things that he did on the independent scene with his character and stuff, and then going to what's going going on now with him in NXT, we hardly see him, we don't see much of him, and all that freedom that he had on the independent scene, you, you don't see it anymore, and you he kind of seems to be not himself, basically. Yeah, it's because I think they're just signing. Anybody and everybody right now. Not anybody, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah. Anybody with buzz, anybody that's talented, anybody that's going to have a future in this, they're trying to pick them up. That way, it's less competition for them. Oh, absolutely. And actually... I and if I it, went there right now, the same thing would happen. I'd be repackaged. I wouldn't be Flip Gordon. <laughs> I'd be Billy Bob. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I would hope nobody would approve Billy Bob for you, but you're, you're right. That very well could happen. Um... So I, I actually read in that ESPN interview, you said you're not in a rush to go to, to get to WWE, which you just reiterated here, that you want to become a big name first. I think the example you used was, I'd like to come in as AJ Styles as more of a made man than come in at the bottom. So does that mean, would you be disinterested in something like NXT or the cruiserweight division in WWE? Um, not that I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't, but I would want to go in there and work. I wouldn't want to sign to WWE and then go to class five days a week and not be wrestling on my weekends. Right. I'm already living my dream. Why would I sign somewhere and then not wrestle? You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless I could be guaranteed, <laughs> hey, you're going to wrestle this many dates. You're going to be doing this. You're going to be doing that. Like, I, I have no interest. I want to wrestle. I don't care where I wrestle. I just want to wrestle. You know, in, in the three, so I think everything kind of, there's a learning curve in anything we do. And I'd assume your first year, you had to retain so much, and maybe it might have been a little less in year two. How how much do you feel you've grown in year three as opposed to how much you grew in the first two years? I think in the last year, I've learned the most out of all three years. Really? Like, what, what so type I've learned, of stuff? I've learned more in the last year than I did my first two years. Hmm. That, that's very interesting. What Are we talking more in-ring? Are we talking more character work or psychology? Everything, character work, psychology, in-ring work, uh, the business, um, traveling, um, bookings, everything. Just the business as a whole. I've learned so much over the last year that it can't even. Like, I probably, I probably learned more this last year than the last two years combined. So that's amazing. So basically, the complete inverse of of what I would have assumed that. You learn the most at the beginning, and you learn less as you go along. It's pretty crazy that you're learning more now. But I guess there's so much that goes into the business of wrestling. You're probably almost never done learning, really. No, I learn something new every single day. Not just every day I have a match. Every single day I watch wrestling, I learn something. What, what are you watching? Are you going out of your way to watch certain talents or certain shows? Like, What is it you're trying to consume when you're not actually doing it yourself? 
Um, I love watching matches that have a lot of buzz. So if I hear about a match that did well this past weekend, I'm going to try to find it. If somebody's talking about it, they obviously did something good. I want to know why. I want to know what they did, how they did it. Um, I just want to know what's what's working and what's not. And when you know what's working, you're able to apply it. And then if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, then you have to find something else. And I've been lucky enough to find things that have been working for me. Yeah, that's awesome. When you rewatch some of these matches, is there anything specific you're looking for, like manual? Because we we care about the we appreciate all the little things that happen in the ring. Are there any things that are there any matches or anyone you watch specifically to pick up these little things? Uh, not really. I love just watching random matches. Um, but like I said, I don't want to watch a match if it's just going to be boring. I want something <laughs> that that's ha- that has some buzz around it or people are talking because it means something's good about it. And then I like watching it to see what's good about it. I don't like hearing what's good about it. I want to find out for myself, whether it's the story that they're told, uh, the moves that were done, um, the characters. Um, those are things that I look for. And I, I love looking for now. I think I love it more than anything. It's just little things. Like like I watched my match with Cody back at mm-hmm. Manhattan Mayhem. And just the way he looks at cameras, the way he adds <laughs> his character, where he adds his character um, is just phenomenal. And so when I'm watching wrestling, I'm looking for things like that, the little things that are going to set people apart. What are some of the matches other than that match with Cody you had at Manhattan Mayhem have you been watching lately to pick up stuff? Of my matches? Oh, in gen- just in general. In general? Oh, jeez. I've been watching a lot of New Japan stuff lately mm-hmm. just because I've been trying to learn that style. But I love watching WCW Cruiserweights. That's like my, <laughs> that's like my ultimate favorite <laughs> stuff to watch. Good pick. So, like, how long would you say when you see something that you like or see something that stands out to you? Is it, is it usually something you're ready to implement into your game immediately? Is it something you kind of try and pick your spots when you implement new things? Um, I try to pick and choose because I'll look at something and the first, like if I have an idea, let's say if I have an idea for a move or something, I'll ask around to see if anybody has done the move or anything similar because mm-hmm. I don't want to copy people. I want to be original because when you do something original, you stand out more. Right. Um, so I always try to find out who or what or if it's been done before. And if I see somebody do something, I just try to change it and make it my own. Like my springboard super kick. Mm-hmm. I love just jumping to the top rope and I love super kicks. And I'm like, well, what if I could just bounce on the top rope and kick the guy in the face? You know what I mean? <laughs> and so that's kind of how I came up with that move. And then like this, I have my, uh, I call it the Samoan pop, but it's just a, it's a Samoan drop that I do a flip through at the end. Mm-hmm. And I got it because the idea was, oh, steamrollers forward or Finley roll is forward. Yeah. Well, what if I could go backwards? <laughs> and it's just little things like that. That and like like my I have a move called the Star Spangled Stunner. It's a corkscrew, a springboard corkscrew stunner. Like it's just a stunner, but I I added a, a twisty and a springboard in there to make it my own. You know? Yeah. So like a little so extra flair on that's it. That's what's going to help you stand out is being original. Oh, absolutely! Like the the. Everybody, like you've mentioned, the the in-ring style that you have, the actual mechanics of it, everybody's different. 
Uh, no, nobody likes, or there's no group of people that all like the exact same style. Everybody likes different things. So really what separates you is how, how you get the crowd to invest in you as a person. They're watching you, the human being, in the ring. You have to find a way, whether it's a certain swagger you have or the way you speak on the microphone. You need to find things that make you stand out and make people care about the athleticism you show in the ring. Um, and with that being said, I know that you've obviously incorporated your service uh, with the Army into your character. Is that something that you want to kind of be a thread throughout your whole wrestling career? Um, I'm not quite sure, actually. like, It's weird because in the beginning I didn't want to use it, and then I was told I should probably use it, and then I slowly <laughs> started incorporating it. Uh-huh. And now like, I have the Flip Army and the Flip Fatigues. Or the army fatigues yeah. and like all this, but I would love to eventually kind of. I would. I don't want to get away from it completely mm-hmm. because it is who I am. I served six years. Um, if it wasn't for the military, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, so I would love to keep it always incorporated into my character, whether it's just a flag on the gear, whether I come out in camo, whether I salute. Um, it'll always be a part of me. I just don't know if it's always going to be. 100% the gimmick you see now where it's camo shorts and army vest <laughs> and you know I don't know how much longer it'll just be like that but I think I'll always rock like a flag on my trunks or something to say thank you to the service because without the service I wouldn't be where I am today yeah and basically it's it's just you'll continue to evolve as you go on in your career which I think is always good yeah exactly you should always be evolving always be changing um, always trying something new. All right, so Flip, you've been a part of the biggest YouTube series in wrestling, Being the Elite, and a weekly thing for us when we watch is what's Flip doing? <laughs> how how did be, be, being on be, Being the Elite ha- ha- happen with you guys? Uh, we were down in uh, Tijuana, Mexico, <laughs> and the Bucks just approached me and they were like, hey, can we, can we use you for a short video? And Jesus had to have been right around a month I mean, a year ago, (laughs) right around a year ago, because it was right after I had signed with Ring of Honor and they were one of the first people to know. And I hadn't even told anybody yet. And they were like, hey, congrats. Welcome to Ring of Honor. And they just happened to say that in the first clip that I was in for being the elite. And it just caught on. Welcome to Ring of Honor. Where do you think, you know, like, where do you think you're going? Uh, Who the F is Flipboard? And like so many different things just kind of just took off. And it was really cool to see the response because, honestly, I just thought it was a one-and-done type thing. I thought it was, here, we're going to tombstone you in this <laughs> this stiff Mexican ring. And we're going to just make fun of you on our YouTube channel. And it just, it just kind of blew up out of nowhere. And now they're 100 episodes in and it's over and nobody knows what's happening. I'm confused. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what to do with my free time anymore because <laughs> Filming being the elite with my friends. And... <laughs> All right, Flip, we don't want to keep you much from much longer. Um, what's your favorite match that you've had so far and your favorite experience that you've had? Oh, gosh, that's so tough. <laughs> um, favorite match. Right now, I'm going to say that it was the ladder match at Supercard of Honor. It was me and the Young Bucks versus SoCal <laughs> Uncensored. I don't mean to cut you off, Flip. I, I was there, and my God. 
You told you guys tore the house down. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, that match was so much fun, and I think just doing it. I think for me, is I was in there doing it with some of my closest friends. Some of these two guys that have been there since day one of me coming into the company, and then Scorpio Sky is a good buddy of mine. And then to share the ring with Christopher Daniels and Frankie Gazarian, two in my in my opinion, two of the old time greats, you know, two guys that are going to remember forever. They've given so much to this business and to share the ring with them on the biggest show of ring of honor history and just to tear the house down with those guys was an absolute honor and pleasure. So it was, it's definitely one of the funnest matches I've ever been in and something I'll <laughs> remember forever. Yeah. Uh, so I know you've had a busy week and I think you have a busy couple days left this week. So I have two more easy questions for you uh, before we let you go. Uh, one, I was actually asked by one of our other co-hosts who is not here right now. He wanted me to ask you this. I'm not sure if there's a reason or not, but do you believe that the Earth is a sphere or do you believe that it is flat? You know, I've been doing a little bit more research. Okay. <laughs> and so what if it's like a cookie? You know, <laughs> I mean, cookies are flat, but uh, they're also round right. at the same time. So what if what if the Earth is like a cookie? You know, what if it's just what if it's both? What if it's just flat and round? So then, my follow up would be: if it is like a cookie and it's flat and round, is it one sided or is it two sided? Oh gosh! I guess it would be one sided <laughs> if the image we see has everything on it, right? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've. It could be like cookie dough where it's still in the ball before it's flat. But you're saying you're not convinced we're living on a sphere. What if it started off as a sphere and the, and the sun heated it up like cookie dough and because of the heat it kind of just flattened out like a cookie? So I have to tell you, I've heard a lot of the, the flat earth theories and a lot of flat earth takes this is definitely the most interesting and plausible <laughs> one that I've heard, I have to say. So I'm, hey, I'm glad he asked me to ask you that. <laughs> I just keep adding to it, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a flip flat earth theory. And actually, believe it or not, this Sunday, mm-hmm. mark your calendars. Okay. The 22nd is Earth Day. No, that's true. <laughs> it's Earth Day. Or in my in my case, Flat Earth Day. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I will be celebrating Flat Earth Day in your honor on Sunday. I love it by eating cookies, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chocolate chip is my favorite, so I'll be indulging in some chocolate chip cookies on Sunday. Uh, last Perfect. question. Yeah, last question I have. I saved this one for the end because I thought you might hang up on on us if I asked it first. <laughs> I, I heard you say on your interview with Falls Count Anywhere last year how you. Grew up in Montana. You were born in Boston, only lived there for a couple months. But you always hailed Boston as where you were from, correct? Uh, as a kid, yeah. Okay. So, and you, uh, you mentioned on there, I love the Celtics, I, I love the Red Sox, whatever the case may be. We're in Philadelphia. The Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl <laughs> this year. Oh, I knew um, that was coming. <laughs> so, that's behind us. I'm not going to gloat about that. We've done enough gloating in Philadelphia the last couple months about it. I don't need to put you through that. But what I you will see, I thought uh-huh. I just I was just in ring I was just in Philadelphia for Ring of Honor. Okay. And I was scared, I'm not gonna lie, because I know how <laughs> ruthless <laughs> Philadelphia fans are. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you saw the pictures or not, but the weekend before the Super Bowl, I was in Philadelphia rocking a Tom Brady jersey. <laughs> 
and I wore it to a show, and I got booed out of the building. Mm-hmm. That was Evil Flip's debut, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and mission accomplished. Evil Flip was definitely evil, and he did his job correctly. But I was scared that when I came back for Ring of Honor that I was just going to get crap thrown at me. And because I saw the tweets, I saw the messages, and man, they were not nice. <laughs> <laughs> now, but the- I'm glad that Philly was nice to me because I was scared because I love Philly. And I was like, oh, man, I'm never going to be re- able to return after this. I, I think in Philadelphia, a lot of times if, if a rival is worthy – while you may be venomous, you may be nasty, I do think there's a level of respect that Philadelphia has for people who are worthy of booing. We won't boo somebody who's not worthy of it. So I think it's a testament to you that you got booed and a testament to you that you can come back and be cheered when you're not wearing the Tom Brady jersey. Um, but then the next question is, are you up for Sixers versus Celtics in the second round of the NBA playoffs in two weeks? Or next week, I should say. I mean, I think it's going to happen. I hope it happens. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Sixers this really? year just because <laughs> Irving's out and Gordon's out. Mm-hmm. And we had such a good year, but I think I don't think we're ready yet. I think we need to rebuild one more year. I think we need to get it. I think, I think next year's our year. I think the process, they need some momentum, but I think as soon as they get their, their starting lineup back, I think they're going to be a tough team next year as well. But I think they have a chance to go all the way. Cavs definitely aren't winning it. <laughs> I oh, no. 100% agree with that. And I agree with you about the Celtics. It's very difficult to keep advancing when your two all-star level, two of your three all-star level, level players are not in the lineup. And the Sixers kind of found that out the other night, having losing a game without Joel Embiid. But I do think it will be a heated and very competitive series if the Sixers play the Celtics in the second round. Oh, 100%. I mean, Celtics are up 2-0 right now in the series without two of their starting lineup. You know what I mean? Two yeah. all-stars, like you said. Mm-hmm. But the Sixers, they're doing pretty good, too. I mean, I I would not, not be shocked if they go all the way. I just hope that Embiid is able to join back if they do go all the way. So do I, and I hope it's in one of these next two games in Miami. Uh, But if if this does happen, if we do have that matchup, uh, don't be surprised if I reach out to you at some point during (laughs) that series. Whether it's going good for us or bad for us, uh, I will will probably reach out and and try to have some type of interaction about Sixers Celtics. Yeah, sounds good. Hopefully it's just, I mean, I I just hope it goes in my favor now. The Super Bowl didn't, so... So you're, you're due, is what you're saying, in the NBA playoffs. Well, I don't know because, I mean, normally when a, a town wins a championship, another sports team from that same town usually comes close, if not wins it too. So I wouldn't doubt it if the Sixers pull it off as well. Yeah, well, you've seen it just in Boston. It seems like every team is winning a championship at some point every couple of years. And I'm hoping for my city after years of championship drought, I'm hoping that that finally happens to us here. Uh, and I, I apologize if it comes at your expense once more. But uh, No, it's fine. I completely <laughs> understand. I mean, every town's got to get their, their gold, you know, I mean, even <laughs> if you have to pay for it. Who's your, who's your NBA champion, Flip? Who's my NBA champion of yeah. this year? Yes. 
I don't want it to go to Golden State, but I have such <laughs> a bad feeling that they're going to win it again. It's kind of hard to predict against them. They, they, they're historically great. They have four All-Stars, assuming Steph Curry comes back. It is really hard to pick against them. And I'm just I'm such a basketball guy. I'm just so glad that it's not just the Cavs and the Warriors. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. you have so many good teams right now. You have I mean, freaking OKC's coming back. Mm-hmm. You have the Rockets. I mean, you can't even count the Rockets out this year. No. That's my pick. That's my champion. So we got a Golden so. State Warriors, we got a Houston Rockets. I mean, Miami's not even – I mean, Miami – I'm surprised they made it. But, I mean, (laughs) they're not looking bad. No, they they have, like, a a tough, tested team. They're going to be a contender again. Agreed. The the NBA is definitely trending upward. Depending on where LeBron goes next year, and I hope to God he doesn't go make a super team because that's just what wussies do. (laughs) Michael Jordan never left. He won six, okay? (laughs) He did. I'm all about loyalty, so I'm hoping that he can just stay and hopefully win another one that way. And if not, then who cares? Yeah, I, I just don't want to see. I just don't want to see. Oh, this team's going to win. Call it before the season starts, because that's no fun. Then why? Like, why are we even competing? You know? Exactly. You you want some intrigue in the playoffs, other than just one team's championship march that you knew was going to happen all the way back in October. Yeah, because if he goes to the Rockets, guess what? Rockets are going to win next year. Like, if they don't, then. They didn't do it right. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so maybe then the last basketball question. It's a very hotly debated topic in the city of Philadelphia. Rookie of the year, Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers or Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz? Uh, Simmons, is that even a question? Uh, shockingly, shockingly, it is. It is. I can't believe it is, but... To who? Me, me and Ron have debated on this show. <laughs> but until until um, the Sixers won that 16-game win streak to end the season, and, and B, when Embiid went out and Simmons carried the team for that last two weeks, Mitchell was my rookie of the year. <laughs> Flip, I love you Wait, was more it, was for Simmons, that the way you did. Simmons sat out last year, correct? Yes. Correct. Because he was injured. So yes. technically, this is this is his rookie year. Yes, he is a rookie. He has won Rookie of the Month four times. He will be on the Rookie of the Year ballot. So by NBA definition, he is a rookie. Yeah, I love I love the competition. I mean, I remember seeing the sweatshirt. I remember reading about it. <laughs> so, I mean, but Simmons all the way. Look at the Sixers. Come on. Flip, no questions asked. You have made my night with, with that answer to that question the way you did. Uh we want to let you go and get some rest. Is there anything you want to plug, any social media, any shows before uh, you jump off the line? Uh, yeah, you can catch me out on Twitter and Instagram. It's all the same at the Flip Gordon. Also, you can help me get booked for All In by going to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Gordon and ordering my Book Flip t-shirt. Um, I want to be on the biggest show of the year, All In, so please go help that to help me get booked. We will definitely do what we can no to help flip. you get there. You deserve to be there. We hope to see you there. Uh, flip Gordon, I know in a busy week, thank you for taking some time for us. Yes, thank you. It was you. a blast talking to you, and we look forward to seeing what's ahead for you in the future. I appreciate it, guys. I look forward to talking to you again. And uh, if Celtics don't make it, go Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And Flip, thank you for your service. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I mean, take care. You as well. Thank you once again to Flip Gordon for taking some time. All right, so did anyone watch the Andre the Giant documentary? I, I still haven't had a chance. I have. To... 
Alo, as someone who did not grow up with Andre the Giant, what did you think? I thought it was shot great. I, I really learned a lot. He In the previews, Vince always said he was sports entertainment before sports entertainment, and that documentary actually proved that. Like, he would initially, well, he, he was wrestling, it was, a, was it France first? No, yeah, yeah. It was in France, France. And then um, he made his way to Japan and then WWF at the time, and then Vince would kind of like rent him out. But the thing is, they wouldn't put him on every show because they, they didn't want him overexposed. And I learned I learned that he mainly wrestled in handicap matches in um, Battle Royals, hence the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. But I thought all the interviews were great. I like they got his family, I, his daughter. I didn't know he had a daughter. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that either. And they, they we got, knew he had a son. <laughs> Paul White. Paul White. <laughs> yeah, so I really learned a lot. And the WWE, they always do a great job with these documentaries. And I recommend to everybody if you haven't seen it, it's a good watch and, and, a, and a rewatch. Because if you, especially if you don't know anything at all. And one thing I found the most interesting was about Hogan and him, his, and Andre's match at WrestleMania 3. How Hogan was so worried about the. Um, the finish and Andre was like don't worry about it don't worry about it and Hogan didn't even know the finish going into the match and then Andre was like all right, I'm just paraphrasing a bit alright slam alright leg and then Hogan doesn't even know if he's going to kick out or not do you believe that? so because Hogan's like the ultimate yeah <laughs> so so I really enjoyed the documentary I thought it was really enjoyable I would recommend it to anyone who really likes wrestling you will enjoy it yeah, my so I guess 50% of this uh you know, people standing around the table. I guess, you know, we got word we should watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two strong recommendations. Yeah. Even a coworker of mine, he he watch, he knows I do a wrestling podcast, but he even he mentioned it to me um, right after it came on. And this, he, the next day at work, he said, I watch it. I was like, No, I'm gonna get to it this weekend. But yeah, he even said after that, he like started googling like Big John Studd and Bruno San mm-hmm. Martino and stuff like that. He just spent a bunch of time on Wiki, like reliving his reliving what happened during yeah. his childhood. Yeah. So while I enjoyed it. That was my major nitpick, was the Hogan stuff. Oh, really? Because you guys have heard me say before, the Sasha Banks character and her thing with Bailey. Sasha is the person who is your best friend when she thinks she's better than you. And if you're doing better than her, she resents you and she's not really your friend anymore. She's kind of the mean girl. I feel like that's Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan loves you if you're beneath him. And... He might hate you, and then once he gets above you, now he loves you all of a sudden. BJ Penn was actually like that. I know I bring him up a ton, but if he won a fight, he would go over and hug the guy and be best friends. If he lost a fight, he would be unrelenting at talking as much trash as he could about the person until he got to fight them again. And some people he's hated his whole life because he never beat them. But Hogan, it is absurd to me to think that Hulk Hogan... (laughs) In 1987, went into WrestleMania, WrestleMania 3 against Andre the Giant, and one, didn't know that he was winning, and two, that he thought Andre might go into business for himself, when Andre could barely, he had barely any physical ability left. They worked the whole match around the fact that Andre had no mobility. How was he going to... He talked about that, too. Yeah, how was he going to go into business for himself? So, Hogan, just shut up. Stop making stuff up. Stop... Rewriting history for yourself to make it look like you were this great guy. You weren't. You were selfish. You were insecure. You were kind of a coward. Uh, that You did not think Andre the Giant might win that match. There's no way in hell you thought that. So that's my one nitpick. But I did really enjoy the documentary, and I think the two of you, the other 50% of you, as X said, would thoroughly enjoy it, too, if you watched it. Well, Ron, I didn't know that, so... <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I never heard that story until the documentary. I don't know if that was a story that was floating around out there. But I feel like WWE is always trying to sell a narrative. And I think that was the narrative they wanted to sell, that Andre... It was basically up to him whatever was going to happen. And I really don't believe that that was the case. And there's no way I believe that Hogan went into that match not knowing what the finish was. Or, like, I, I would assume he knew when they, whenever it was they decided to do this story, I assume he knew the whole point of this story is for you to go over Andre the Giant. It's going to make you even more of a legendary star. Have no doubt. Um, but, yeah, if, if anyone hasn't seen it, watch it. Uh, do we have any listener questions? Yes, we have a few. I have a question from the Godfather of the podcast, Joe Lafferty. Okay. I really need him to start leaving these as voicemails. <laughs> and just play them into the yeah, microphone. Yeah, yes, I really do. Because I am. Because every time he sends a question, I start laughing. Because I can hear him in my head. <laughs> I want the Miz and Brian to fight for my title. Please stop it with the doesn't need the title mumbo jumbo. With no title on the line, it isn't as important. Let the Russell Kingdom guys fight for bragging rights. Give the Miz the title and let Brian chase him. I mean, I would like it much more if it, if there was something at stake. I don't want to say it doesn't need it, but the story... I mean, the story originally started with the Intercontinental Championship, that Daniel Bryan tried to make run with the Intercontinental Championship, and he got injured. And Miz has never been injured, has been here every week, making the Intercontinental Championship more prestigious than ever. So I think to sell the way the original story started, it would be for the Intercontinental Championship. But I would love to see The Miz get to touch the world title this year. And obviously it becomes a much bigger and more significant story if it is for the world title. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Should it be for a title or no? I'm going to run with that first. I think, you know, they say all the time stories, storylines don't need the title. This is one where I actually will agree with it. Um, to agree with your point, if it's going to need a title, it should be the Intercontinental Championship. Again, the initial program was all around the IC title, and it would be huge for that title if uh, Brian was involved with it again, and hopefully you know, he could maybe get the title and not get injured and be able to do what he wanted to do with it back in 2015. Uh, the Miz has been tied around the IC title for a strong two years now. He doesn't really need to be around a championship. I mean, that's there's been countless guys that, you know, lose a world title and then or, or a championship in general, and they go a solid eight months without it. I mean, look, Roman Reigns has been a focal point of you know, storylines and he went from US title to IC title and that there was almost yeah. a year in between. So I don't I wholeheartedly disagree. I don't think this needs the championship. Prep? Yeah, it doesn't need the championship, but I do want the Miz with the title. The good thing that they did, like, yeah, they already hinted that Miz versus Daniel Bryan is going to happen, but the good thing that they did is insert big cast. That way, you know, we have some time before Miz and Bryan actually meet. So that's... It I looks mean, like it's happening in Europe in a couple weeks. Not on TV, though. Not on TV. I guess when it when it matters, I guess they're going to hold that off until SummerSlam. Mm. Well, on Twitter, there was a fan theory. Well, fantasy booking, I could put, I'll put it as that. That Miz wins money in the bank, and Brian versus AJ happens at SummerSlam. Miz, um, Brian beats AJ, and Miz cashes in on Brian. 
I would love that. That would be excellent <laughs> storytelling. I would be thoroughly happy with that. Yeah, and as far as that, does it need a title? Yeah, because um, would it be... I think it would be good for the inter- it would be good for any title, honestly, because Brian had to relinquish the Intercontinental title when he when he had to re- when he was forced to retire, or the WWE title. That this this is a main this is a main storyline and a big storyline for WWE, and it's been going on for three years, so it could be for either title. And would it make it a bigger storyline and make it w- worth more? Yeah, but no matter what, over the past three years, this has still been built up to be something big. People are going to be invested. Mm-hmm. Uh, is everybody ready for? Uh, got, we have another question. Yeah. You got a question from Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, no relation. (laughs) Debatable. (laughs) Zero. Zero debate. Yeah. (laughs) No no, no relation at all. Zero. Who has been squatted the most since coming from NXT? Who wants to take that? I'll take this first. Tyler Breeze. (laughs) Ty Dillinger. (laughs) Mm, Ty Dillinger's a good one. Trying to think, who else have I been. Sasha Banks. <laughs> Honestly, I was gonna say that, but I thought that might be. You know what? It's on no, brand for me. Sasha Banks. Yeah, it's definitely Sasha. She's held the title what four times? Has lost it the next week all four times. <laughs> Every time they get something started with her, they take it back. They start to turn her heel. They take it back. She's had no direction. So yeah, I will say Sasha Banks. I'll go three names because uh, this is what comes to mind. Uh, I don't disagree with Aaron or, or Prep. Um, I gotta side a little more with Aaron because. Tyler Breeze can say he's the only one to go in a WWE ring with Juice and Thunder Liger. He was main eventing their first house shows in Fatal 4 Ways for the NXT title. So I, I got to go more with him than Dillinger. Aside from that, I would go Bo Dallas and Neville because they're both former NXT champions and they really went nowhere the whole time. Uh, or in the main roster. And then actually to throw out a fourth name, who, uh, of course, he's relevant right now, but still, I got to say 100% Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, there's, I think, countless thing we could fantasy book. I think we all wanted him to win the IC title when he first came up at Mania 32. Um, you know, think of the great matches that they have. He, he has had on the main roster and in NXT with Kevin Owens, the great match he had with Shinsuke Nakamura, you can only imagine there should have been more and better for him. Yeah. Tyler Breeze is so good. And Prep, you said Ty Dillinger? Yeah, Ty Breeze Dillinger, was great. Yeah. Okay. He, I, he was, I just rewatched his match with Jushin Thunder Liger. He, he is so – he was That's so something awesome. To mm-hmm. His yeah, match great. with Finn Balor when, the he wore the, when he wore the gold. Mm. Yes. That yes. gimmick was so, so good. good. It was amazing. But the thing is, when you first get called up, if the crowd doesn't take to you, that's when it's like, okay, Vince is like, you don't, they don't like you, so we're trying to – Everything is scratched for you. Remember how good he was in that Fatal Five Way for the IC yeah, title but, but overall. That, but, yeah, but that was months after his debut. I, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. But he was like that. Yeah. That, that's, that was kind of like the little tease of oh, they they might. Yeah, he is. Um, he was amazing. Still is amazing. But give me back. Give me the model back. I need that back. I would love it. Um, do we have another question? Yes. What did you guys think of the Cole Brennan pay per view commercial? I'll take this first. What was that? <laughs> Wait, no. Okay. So I this is the only reason I love it because I can imagine Nakamura trying to sing this <laughs> song and I really want to hear the raw tape of Nakamura singing that song. <laughs> I honestly didn't even see it. I fast forward commercial. Now, now I kind of now I kind of know what the commercial is like when he was first saying it. Um 
I, I, I don't really got a thought on it. Because on Instagram, I saw Sasha Banks in the booth on her Instagram store. And what's this? And then I see the commercial. I'm like, what is this? It oh, makes no is. sense. You have to watch Everybody's it. happy and dancing. It makes... This is terrible. It, uh. Mojo rap. No. Yeah, who, Mojo who was, was rapping. rapping. Matt what? Hardy was rapping. Matt Hardy was rapping. <laughs> wow. Nia Jax is dancing with no rhythm like me. Mm. But it's like... Nah. <laughs> I have an update. So you guys know how I've been pushing 205 Live. Yeah. So the last couple of weeks has been kind of slow. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I really liked that they did this week was it was supposed to be Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy in Saudi Arabia for the Cruiserweight title. They went back to the weigh-in, and Buddy Murphy didn't make weight. Wow. So they held it off. They're holding off that match, and they're going to crown another number one contender on Tuesday. But that was great. That is good. Oh, yeah. that, that's almost going to work. Into it. I actually was going to ask because I, I – I was thinking of this earlier when we started recording. I was like, you know what? It's, it's a shame because, you know, around the Rumble, they're getting you excited to want to care about the title. And then they do this tournament, and the tournament delivered in-ring. The match on the pre-show at Mania delivered. But I know with that long weekend of wrestling, I got I came home and I was like, I'm not, I'm not tuning in to 205. And then this week, I was just I was too tired after SmackDown. And I wanted to ask, has anyone watched 205? And is it worth tuning back into? Yeah, I mean, the matches are great. Uh, Tozawa and Hideo had a great, tornado, great tornado match against the Lucha House Party. It was tons tornado of name fun. Now. Yeah, okay. it, was, and it was tons of fun. It's clear that they're going to do well, a there's three people tag title. Well, Kalisto wasn't in it. He was the manager. And then um, also, what's his name? Is back too, right? Kendrick. Yeah, Brian Kendrick came. Was that back. a surprise, or he just came out for a match? Nah, he came out last week, like you know, a surprise. Uh, the the one thing I didn't like, I wish they would have incorporated like like debut, like just like Raw and SmackDown incorporate debuts and the shakeup. I think they should have debuted somebody new, but you know, the show is forty five minutes to an hour. You only have so much time. You want to get who you have on the show on the show, so yeah, I understand. Like there was no Cedric Alexander this week. Mm-hmm. One more, th- one more question. Mm-hmm. Are they overdoing it with the Grand Slam champion thing? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they. I'm tired of hearing it. With, they don't overdo it with everything they say about championships. Yeah. I'm, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm tired of it. it. Yeah, they're overdoing it. Jeff Hardy is a two-time Grand Slam champion because he did it in the well. In the old modern era and the new modern era, yeah. but the only time he has, has never held with the cruiserweight title. But they're overdoing. I'm tired of hearing about everybody. On a former light heavyweight champion, he is a former light heavyweight champion, <laughs> not cruiserweight champion. Yeah. So, uh, well, I guess to still t- chime in on that, I do. Th- I was kind of thinking recently because it was heavily talked about when um, Ambrose first won the WWE championship that it was a group of three men. That have all became, you know, WWE champion. Uh, I guess a couple of th- thoughts on that was, well, now you could say, I mean, it's the only group that everyone is a Grand Slam winner. And then I was like, okay, all right, well, geez, they kind of did that quick. I didn't really think Seth was going to get the IC title right away. Just I was thinking, you know, they could kind of prolong that accolade. But literally, he wins it, and then eight days later, here's Somebody another, else here's another <laughs> Grand Slam winner, and like. Me being like, uh, as Preps been saying, like a mark for the accolades. Yeah. It, even me, when when they were mentioning it this week, I was like, "Geez, you know what, man? I am hearing this a lot." I was gonna ask Aaron, but I feel like I found this out on my own. Besides Jeff and Jericho, has anyone else done it with the European title and the U.S. title? Or those JBL. Two? 
Okay. Hmm. Because I, I think I was trying to look it up, and that was going to be like a, a backup, like stump a question. JBL. And then they, they didn't have him listed. Well, I didn't get to look too far, but it was like the first thing that pops up in Grand Slam is Jericho and Jeff Hardy, the only two to do both. But I'm pretty sure you're right on that. Interesting. So that's it for questions? Yeah. Thank you to Laugh and Lowdown. Is everybody ready for Stump Alo? Yes. Yes. I think we have a hard five-minute time limit on this, only because we have an obligation in about seven or eight minutes. Mm -hmm. So Stump Alo with the inaugural 2002 brand extension draft. Okay. Can you name the top ten picks in order? Oh, my Lord. I'll I'll give you just the top ten picks. For both shows? Yeah. Still top ten total. But so both, five shows had, five. both shows had 10 picks. This is just whoever the top 10 were overall. It's listed, kind of alternated. I can give you the whole list, but I can't give you... I, I can give you all 10 for each show. Then that's I, I'll do that. That might, be, that might better you up. The image I was sent from Wikipedia doesn't have all 10. Well, no, j- just go off because I, if he, you're going to list 20 then, right? Yeah. He's going to list 20. Yeah, so I want to be able to have the whole list. Are you going all 10 on Raw, then all 10 mm-hmm. on SmackDown? Yeah. Go with it that way. Well, I'm just going to name names. I, I know all the names. So you might just... I can tell you who was on each show, so you might just write Raw and SmackDown. So um, SmackDown was The Rock. Hogan. Devon Dudley. Raw was The Undertaker. The NWO was a unit. Hall, Nash, and Hall, X Pac, and Nash. Big Show wasn't. Big Show didn't join officially yet. I don't think. Um, Bubba Dudley. They were separated. Lita. William Regal. Wait, this is two thousand two. Yeah, RVD. This is not matching up with what I have. Hold on. He's not going completely in order, but I'm not, just let him I'm just, I'm just naming 28. But you kind of did a di- wrong, Yeah, because I, I, you said Raw, but I, I know what you mean because he's over on SmackDown. Yeah. He was over mm-hmm. on SmackDown. But yeah. Just keep going. Triple H was the champion, so he didn't, he didn't get drafted. I don't think Jericho got drafted either. He's spot on right, too, so far. And not in order, but I mean, he's yeah, going to all the names, names. How many I got? How many I got so far? Oh, Billy and Chuck, that they were the tag team champions. Mm hmm. I know Bradshaw was one. You got Bradshaw in there? Let me see. I think he's like in the, he would have been in the back 20. He was 22. So, oh, so oh. he wasn't on, he wasn't in the first 20? He was not in the first 20. No. Okay. Uh, so you can cross that out. How many I got so far? I think you're at 11. Hmm. Well, jeez. Uh, let, let me let me see the list real quick. Or, or what you got said. Lita was the only woman drafted. Oh, yeah, Brock Lesnar. Number Brock. 20. Brock. Yeah, he was on there. Damn, who's the hardcore champion? Maven. Yep, 19. Yeah, but that wouldn't have been in the top 10. Well, top, top 20. Top 20, he all. would. Oh, I know, but aren't, aren't, aren't he just going for the top ten? No, I, if I, I'll probably I know, I, the top I understand. 10. I understand. I'm just trying to make sure. What one? Keep keep going, and I guess let's see if you just get the ten. Or, or is there? 
Biggest. No, he he said he would do the top twenty overall. So yeah, he's ten on both shows. So he's he was nineteen. I'm, I'm just saying who he's forgotten. I'm probably sure I got. I probably named the top ten already. No, you have one, two. He's missing two from the top ten. He's missing three from the top ten. Let me see. I'm Kane. pretty sure. Kane's not one of them. Kane is. Miss Kane. No, Kane was hurt. Kane got hurt. For some reason, I thought I saw Kane. No, Kane, Kane might have been on there, but I could have sworn Kane got hurt. He didn't say him, right? Mm-mm. And I don't then, think so. And he didn't say... Oh, wait a minute. All right, he did say him, so... Then he, he needs him. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, he needs... So yeah, you have, you have three names. Random. Three you names. Three names total. you're missing. Three names total you're missing. You might have to look at that one more time. 2000. Yeah. Rock, Hogan, D. Vaughn. Oh, Chris Benoit. Edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Benoit, Benoit was, was three, I think. Benoit and Edge all in there. I don't know if... I don't think Edge was top ten. He was number 16 overall, yeah. I think. Okay. Two more. Um, or no, he was. I did see him. I give you this hint. I give you this hint. There's two more. They're both Hall of Famers. So neither of them are active. Oh, Kurt. Mm-hmm. So you got one left. Oh, oh yeah. the job. Kane, Kane was on there. Kane was six overall. Was he? How did yeah. he miss that three times? Because it's a tiny little... Yeah, he did have time. All right, so you, well, he was right anyway. He, he did say, you got mm-hmm. it. Okay. Boom. Excellent job. Alo, <laughs> very impressed as always. And extra credit because he got the JBL, which I, I gave yeah. him a question that I didn't even know the answer right. for yet. Right, exactly. Out. So he answered two stump Alos this week. Actually three because I gave you all, almost all 20. <laughs> exactly. Here's a third one. Um, what does Doritos, Oreos... Planters, peanuts, and Billy Kay all have in common. They're delicious <laughs> snacks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, by, by the way, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm cut. We, we we skipped upon th- this segment in women's division, but Nia Jax, man, she has been flourishing lately. My, my God. <laughs> also, I know we're about <laughs> yeah. to get off the air. I just want to say that I'm really excited for Ember Moon. I think she looked good. Both. Oh, Mickey James! Yeah. My God, selling that what eclipse. What a sell! Mm-hmm. Better yeah. than the Rock. I couldn't right. go off there. <laughs> I was about to say that. she was better, rock better than the Rock. <laughs> I appreciate you you saying that before we jumped. Uh, so last thing I'll get to: Cleveland Cavaliers tied the series at one-one. So LeBron, your season may be extended beyond the first round. You may still just meet the Sixers in the conference finals. Again, if you're if you're here four times. Over the course of two weeks, that's four opportunities for you to jump on unsanctioned and sit on the throne. So, LeBron, it is open. Uh, Listen to Falls Count Anywhere, The Perfect Edge, Throwback Madness, Unsanctioned. Subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews. Elroy Prepson on YouTube. Alo, move some merch. What a maneuver on net to embrace the madness and callnoble.com. He's promo code madness for 10% off your So that is the show for Act2Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepiguina. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery. We'll see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. 
Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.